0: The following
1: is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about you, Cowboys? Yes!
2: Cowboys! This, this, this is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live. live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. First down.
1: hand off, Elliott to the goal line. sacked by Lord.
2: keeps it, and he it into the touchdown. And now, your hosts, Isaiah Standback, Patrick Walker, Rob Phillips and Kyle Yeoman. It is a Wednesday
3: edition of talking Cowboys presented by black rifle coffee company from the star in Frisco. Glad you're with us. Hope you got your coffee ready from black rifle. And we are going to talk some Cowboys defense versus the Cincinnati offense here on this beautiful Wednesday in Frisco. Chris beam in the back, Rob Phillips, Isaiah Stanback, Patrick Walker, I'm Kyle Yeomans. Gentlemen, how are we doing today?
1: We're doing wonderful. Scrumptious. Um, it's time to turn the page. That's kind of what it feels it like, is. right? Because yes. yeah.
3: the day off was yesterday. That was kind of like the second day of, I, I don't want to use the word morning because I, I know that's a serious topic across the pond, but... Uh, that's kind of what it felt like. I mean, like football morning, football morning, sports morning. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. kind of felt like yesterday was the second day of that, and now as the Cowboys will take the practice field again this morning, uh, you've got a chance to turn that page.
1: Yeah, I mean, you. What happens is you you rightfully uh, have to give yourself some time to process what occurred on Sunday. I mean, because it, it you look at the the lack of production on the offensive side of the ball. Um, completely out of sorts they were. Uh, And then you look at how things ended even after the game, obviously with the injury to Dak Prescott, potentially good news on yesterday. I mean, I'm sure we'll touch on that again today. For those that didn't check out yesterday's episode, we kind of dove into that deeply. Um, But I'm of the mindset that, you know, no matter how badly you get your buns kicked, um, you got to get back up. Like, you you can't sit there and dwell in it. At a certain point, you got to eyes forward uh, and figure out what you can learn, take away from that, and how you can potentially improve. Because the season is not over. It's not over. Like you said yesterday, Cal. 16 more uh, games have to be played by the Dallas Cowboys. It is a long season. Yes, it's starting out with a ton of adversity. But pressure either busts pipes or it makes diamonds. Yep.
3: Do you remember, Rob, in your time here? Or anybody, I mean, anybody out there can chime in. You can, you can hit a hit us up on the uh, Twitter side of things. But do you remember a time when the Cowboys' quarterback went down in Game One? Ever Game One, the first game. I know
0: it it happened early with Tony one time when he went out against Philadelphia. It was Week Two in 2015. There you go. I think that's the closest that I can remember. Okay, and 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 that's why I brought it up yesterday because they had a decision to make then. You know, do you just roll with your current backup, which at the time was Brandon Weeden, or do you go get somebody? And there's they did, a name. And they did, it's blast from the past, right? <laughs> like our countdown series leading up to the, <laughs> number three. But uh, they did both, and they wound up turning to Castle, and nothing worked that year. So, look, I mean, we like Pat said, we covered it yesterday in terms of they're going to roll with the guys they've got. It looks like Cooper Rush show. Day one of the Cooper Rush show starts today at practice. Mm-hmm. He'll probably get all the reps with the ones you would think. Um, And they'll just see, you know, they haven't made another ad at at quarterback, but they'll see what they can do. I think, like Pat said, like it's not over, I think in 2020, when this, when Dak got the ankle injury and Jerry was on the radio, like the next day saying, we have to adjust our expectations for the season. That's not this. This is, you know, he may be out a month. He may be out a little bit longer than that. He may be out a little bit shorter than that. But it's, it's a short enough period of time where they feel like they can still find a way to stay afloat and I know Dak didn't play well in the first game of course he didn't nobody did Uh, but he still gives them the best chance to win and when he gets back they think they still got a shot to stay afloat here Isaiah when you lose
3: a guy like that in the locker room even if it is for a short period of time because that's the thing is I think a lot of us emotionally are comparing this to 2020 because of how detrimental it was in the first week of the season but I, I like what Rob just said there. This is not that. He's out for a month. He's out for maybe six weeks. If it's longer than that, sure. It's still not 2020, no matter how long he's out. It ain't good. I'm, it's not, I'm not saying it's Definitely nothing. not good. It's, it's a problem. But when you lose a guy like that in the locker room, Isaiah, who has to step up outside of him? Who has to kind of fill that void from an emotional standpoint?
4: Everybody, I mean, Dak is going to be around. I mean, Dak's going to be. That's doable. true. He's I not mean, going he's on not, IR. He's not going anywhere. Yeah. So he'll be in the meetings. He'll be active. He'll be on the sideline of practice. He'll be doing all those things. I mean, he's going to. He'll probably have a splint on his hand or a cast or whatever else it is. But he'll be active. He'll probably start trying to figure out how to learn how to throw with his left hand. Knowing, knowing Dak, you know, what?
0: That, <laughs> real, real quick because Tom Pelisser brought this up on NFL That's Network a basketball yesterday. Basketball stuff, right there. Good, I love basketball references. It's uh, sometimes people get annoyed with me doing that, but uh, <laughs> but I mean. After a couple weeks when this thing heals and all that, post-surgery, I wonder if he's going to be out there, quote-unquote, pract- remember he practiced at training camp with the with the shoulder thing, just doing whether it's footwork or stuff. You, he may be out there <clears throat> trying to do something. He you know? will
4: most likely still be with Britt Brown doing all of his conditioning, mm-hmm. being on the bands, working his he's footwork, doing all cold. the stuff, working on timing, all those kind of things, making his reads. Like He's not going to allow a thumb to stop him from getting all that work. The only thing that Dak will not be doing is throwing a ball physically. Everything else he will be doing. Okay, so it's not like he's going on a, on a <laughs> like he's getting kicked out you're the country. You're go, uh, on a vacation. It's a bit. <laughs> but even if Dak was even if Dak was healthy, this team didn't play well, and everybody was going to have to step up in some regard, anyways, because you're playing a opponent that was one of the two best teams in the nation, in in the country, in the world last year, and they're gonna they're coming off a terrible game and they're going to be pissed off. Yeah. And they're going to be checking every single box and ensure that they get off to a better start than they than they did last week, just like the Cowboys do. So everybody to answer your question Kyle, everybody has stepped their game up. Every single position group, I can rest assured that their coaches are sitting in there right now saying, "Hey, we got to get out there and have a heck of a heck of a day today to start the week off because we're playing a hell of an opponent and we play like crap, so we got to make sure that we step our game up too."
3: Coming out of this game, there is going to be a divisional champion from a year ago Owen to. I mean, true pure and simple. True. You wanted to not be yourself, yep. but at the same time you you're facing more and adversity than what Cincinnati's been.
1: Up to to Rob's point into yours Kyle as far as it you know, again, the season is not over, but let's harken back to the uh the horror that was 2015, for mm-hmm. a second. Uh, granted, Do we have, have to? Like, just for a moment. Okay. Just for a moment. Walk with me down uh, Elm Street for a second. Okay? Um, <laughs> Freddie's there. Freddie. Oh, Freddie's there. <laughs> he's waiting. He's, um, he's in the middle of the street. He, albeit a small sample size for Cooper Rush. I think we've seen at least enough from Cooper Rush to be able to say, there's a good possibility that he's better than Brandon Whedon Brandon was. You know, in 2015, it's a good possibility that Cooper Rush is better than Matt Castle was in 2015. It's a good possibility that he's better than Kellen Moore, the quarterback, was in 2015 Mm -hmm. when it took a carousel of quarterbacks to lead you to only one win when Tony Romo was injured. That in and of itself, and I don't want anyone to expand upon this point and romanticize it and say, oh, well, no, C said, you know, uh, Rush is going to go out there and go undefeated. I would absolutely love it if he did, but that's not what I'm saying. I'm simply saying that if we look at it objectively right now, I could make a a very solid argument that he's, right now, Cooper Rush is better, potentially, than all three of those quarterbacks that the Cowboys had to depend on in the absence of Tony Romo in 2015. So this is a show... Where we say it with our chest. Mm. You said
3: you said probably could be. Mm. I want you to make a statement. Do you mm. think Cooper Rush
1: is better than those two guys? Three. Or those
0: three
3: guys?
1: Yeah, yes. we'll throw all three of them yes. together. You think he is? I, I do believe that he's better than those three guys. I, and this okay. is not in hindsight. Because in 2015, when the injury to Tony Romo happened, I had a, a very strong stance. They weren't it? Rooted in concern. <laughs> Of all three of those guys, because if you look at what they had or had not done up to that point, the the most potential of those three was Brandon Whedon, and that wasn't saying much, right? So I'm not saying that Cooper Rush has a great resume. What I'm saying is, you know, he's shown enough that leads me to believe that my stance on him now, as compared to my stance on those three quarterbacks in 2015, Mm -hmm. I feel slightly better about Cooper Rush than I did those three and— I do like the competition that Will Greer could par- probably present to Cooper Rush if, in fact, Rush does not do well. I like that option as insurance.
0: You- I, I would agree with that just because Whedon went, <laughs> Whedon went 0-3. And they benched him, and they went to Castle, and it was worse than that. So, yeah, I, I mean, Cooper Rush has won a football game. My concern is that the—, the Throwing
1: 47 times.
0: Yeah, <laughs> 325 <laughs> yards. I mean, don't the, do it this time, but, but, <laughs> please. Yes. but he's done it. <laughs> he has done it my my concern is that a lot of those yards and touchdowns went to guys who aren't here anymore mm-hmm. um true story you know tyron smith started at left tackle in that game obviously tyler smith had a good <clears> opener <throat> uh, just the supporting cast for dak prescott in week one and cooper rush in week two is just more experienced and and just a better group that that's proven in the league than what than what cooper rush is going to have around him this week now that doesn't mean guys can't play better Ceedee lamb is capable of playing better mm-hmm. than he did in week one um, but it's, gonna, it's just from a – on paper, it's more of a challenge than it was last year for Coop just based on the depleted guys they're missing right. this time around. Right. You're you missing
1: know? two 1,000-yard receivers, and you have uh, a third 1,000-yard receiver that's trying to get his mojo back after a poor outing in, in the regular season opener. True, but there is some familiarity familiarity on, on the offensive line because Tyler Beatish was the center yeah. in Minnesota. Yeah. Zach Martin was there. Right. Terrence Steele was your starting right tackle at that point. Um, so it, it and now you, you see Tyler Smith, the youngster, coming off of a strong game. Things to figure out at left guard. We'll see if Matt Farniak is going to be the guy. We'll see if Jason Peters is going to play. And then if so, where they're going to put him. But there is at least some consistency from what Cooper Rush won, what was in front of Cooper Rush when he won that game on the road in Minnesota hostile territory. So, yes, you take away two 1,000-yard receivers. That's kind of a big deal. But at least he's familiar with most of the offensive line. Yeah.
3: Rob, any other news and notes kind of coming out of yesterday? I know it was an off day, so.
0: Uh, no, just obviously set to practice today. Um, they didn't make any transactions yesterday, but they're going to have to because they've got at least three guys on the practice squad that they want to bring up for the game, and, and you only have two elevations. So my sense is, you know, they'll, most likely I think they would sign Cooper Rush to the 53 this week at some point maybe Brett Maher too and you can elevate Will Greer as the backup and maybe you could elevate another offensive lineman if you need to given that Connor McGovern's dealing with the high ankle sprain so they've got some things they got to do with the roster at some point this Adam week Lindstrom. yeah you know maybe maybe, maybe get Jason some Peters. maybe get some help there we'll see if Peters can can ramp up this week to a point where maybe he could play or maybe it's going to be another week i'm not sure um so they've got some stuff they've got to do there and they've got guys injured on the 53 that maybe are candidates for IR. It's not going to be Dak, apparently, but you know Terrell Basham got hurt pretty good in the yep. game. Curse. Curse is banged McGovern. up. So, yeah, yeah. I, maybe not McGovern, but there's some guys that might be on the line to potentially be on short-term IR.
3: Okay. Now, somebody asked me this question on Twitter. I didn't really have a great response to it, but he asked, because of the rule changes, could a team poach Cooper Rush, since he's technically on the practice squad as the backup quarterback this week? Is that possible that they could go ahead and just snag him not
0: because they want him but just because they know it would be an inconvenience as far as I know I think because he's on the practice squad he he can he can go sign with another team if he wants to are, like there, that's, no, are that's there no the more protections I, the protections as my understanding is they're not there anymore this okay. year used mm-hmm. to be going back to 2020 it was four yeah but I think right. I think that was related more to what we were dealing with with COVID and that the the threat of so many guys potentially getting sick, where they were just like, okay, we we got to be able to make sure that teams have enough have people bodies, guys who can yeah. play. Uh, the, the,
4: I don't believe they have protections. So right you're now. saying if a team wanted to just completely wreck the Dallas Cowboys right now, they could just come pick off both backup quarterbacks.
1: <laughs> I mean, think they would they double have to check agree. that. But we're, we're, there's a, a, I, a counter, there's a counter move to that in that. Uh, the Cooper Rush wouldn't have to leave. The Cowboys can then look at Cooper Rush and say, "Hey, okay, well they offered you this to do they this. Okay, them. well we'll just match this and you yes. stay put. Yeah, and here you go. The player has the an option. Player has the option to leave. So we yes. have to put that out there because it's not a situation where a team can just come in and say, "Hey, you're mine. somebody, yeah. right? It's not a waiver claim. Yeah, right. It's an offer for a promotion." <laughs> Right, yeah. it's, it's a and, fun and, and scenario. Honestly, yeah, right. And
0: honestly, if you, I mean, if it be, and <laughs> that's, it's, that's why I
1: can't be a GM because I would
4: so go after it to yeah, somebody it That sounds <laughs> like some Belichick. Belichick absolutely, yeah. Go, yeah, go get them,
5: get, get them both. both.
1: But <laughs> the fact is, that Cooper <laughs> Rush did get promoted <laughs> this week. The, it's the, just the by Belichick rubbing <laughs> off when you guys.
5: I did. I did find a thing interesting that you cannot grab a practice squad player. Of a team that you're playing within six days of that game. <laughs>
4: oh, interesting. So, so that's, that's, that's exactly
3: a, what Isaiah would
5: yeah, do. It
4: would <laughs> yeah, be the yeah. NFC yeah. East thing, though. I mean, right? If they, if that if that protection was not in place, that would be a yeah. heck of a move by NFC East team.
1: The rule has always been, I, I uh, imagine, so many rules have changed. Giants huh? uh, imagine the Giants reaching out to Rush, of all teams, considering that, He's had, short he's stint, he history. Had. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be that would be something. Yeah. That'd be a rivalry thing, right there. Yeah. The, no the rules have
0: always been: if you sign a guy off the practice squad, somebody's practice squad, they'd have to be on the fifty-three at least
5: three
1: weeks. However, you slice yeah. it, 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 you know, be it the the rule that Beam just put out there, a great, great dig Beam, Um, or the fact that you know Jerry Jones could just Jerry Jones the situation and say, okay, Cooper, we we hear what they're offering you here. Now get get on the field and practice. Get, <laughs> get out there. And <laughs> get out go. There yeah. and All right, thank you.
3: Uh All right, so now that we've kind of put the quarterback. Back, we've 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 hit it again. I want to talk defense for the rest of the episode. So we're done talking quarterback. I want to talk about this defense one because that was if there was a bright spot on Sunday, the defense was probably that bright spot, or at least the probably. bright spot came on that side of the football. Does Dan Quinn's mindset, Isaiah, now that he knows that this offense isn't necessarily firepower like it used to be? Does his mindset change from a, a coaching standpoint or a, a play calling standpoint on the defensive side? Do you become more aggressive rather than conservative to try and get the football back for your offense?
4: I think because of the opponent that you're playing and the challenges that they had this past week against Pittsburgh, I think mm-hmm. you, I think you definitely go to your bag and you grab all your all your little Legos and you throw them out there and you let them go, right? You let them go simply because. because uh, Joe Burrow had had problems against Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. He had a lot of problems against Career Pittsburgh. Career highs, five turnovers. It should have been six. It should have been five interceptions and two fumbles. Mm-hmm. That's what it should have been. But well, luckily it was a holding call on one of the interceptions. So he he struggled. And the reason why he struggled is because they ran a lot of – they disguised a lot of their zone coverages. Um, there's actually three reasons. They disguised their zone coverages. They heated up the offensive line because the left tackle is Pepe Le Pew. Right, So they, they went after – What went about after their the, right tackle? Right tackle did not play well either. Collins, his name is Lyle Collins. He yeah, did not play well. Hmm. Familiar so, face. But Jerry you look line, at the film. You make your, so the, yeah, so that you offensive line struggled. Um, so Pittsburgh took full advantage of that. Pittsburgh looked like the Pittsburgh of old days in yeah. terms of being, their ability to pressure. Um, and then one thing that I don't think that you're going to see this week is Joe Burrow refused to take the easy passes. He wanted to push the ball down the field. Mm. He knows that he has some, some. I mean, at any given time, four really good weapons out there, including Hayden Hurst. And he wants to get the ball in their hands down the field. But I think that – through film study, he's going to be more opt to take the shorter passes, and higher precision things, and let these guys get some yards after the catch. But um, to answer your question, yes, Kyle. We, I think that Dan Quinn needs to definitely heat him up this week and just test and say, hey, was this a one-week thing for you or is this something that you're struggling with this year?
3: Burrow, by the way, 0-7 in games where he's turned the football over at least twice. So you force a couple turnovers. That was your bread and butter last year as a defense, PC. It, 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 I mean, the, the fact that you have a guy – like Dan Quinn, that has that aggressive play-calling nature to go and get the football. Maybe this is one of those days
1: where you just turn the dogs loose and try and get it back for your offense. I could see that, but I could also see um, Dan Quinn looking at it as a similar strategy to what he did against the Buccaneers because what, what he did against the Buccaneers was good enough to win the game. Mm-hmm. right? I mean, it was 19 points, but technically could have been 12. right? So you hold Tom Brady in that offense, and Godwin did play initially before leaving with a hamstring injury. Mm-hmm. You, you could – copy and paste that to this game because I looked it up, and it was something interesting um, regarding Joe Burrow. So last year, Joe Burrow lost a a nail-biter 2017 against the Cleveland Browns in Week 2. He had three interceptions in that game. My my question to myself was, okay, well, how does he bounce back? How does he react after those types of games? Well, schematically, they scaled him back because he only had 18 pass attempts in the next game in Week 3 versus the Pittsburgh Steelers – And they won that game. Hmm. He he had only 172 passing yards that game, but he had three touchdowns. So to Isaiah's point, it was efficient passes. He didn't go back and go full gunslinger after a poor game like he just had against the Steelers this season, he kind of stepped back and said, let me take those easy slants and underneath passes. Uh, Jamar Chase didn't go off that game. He had less than 100 yards receiving. Joe Mixon didn't even go off. He had 91 yards from scrimmage and 90 of those were rushing. That's containment for the most part, right? So it it stands to reason that um, and I'm with uh, Isaiah on this point. I don't think the Cincinnati Bengals are going to ask Joe Burrow to try to drop a 40 burger on the Cowboys. I think right now their goal is the same thing as the, the Cowboys. They want to avoid going on too, especially coming off of the Super Bowl, because now the narrative gets shifted to Super Bowl hangover. Can they, you know, mm. get their, you know, ship right, mm. et cetera, et cetera? So this is a situation where because I think Joe Burrow is going to Concede to taking those easier underneath throws and asking his receivers like Jamar Chase, uh, you know, to get down the field, get their yak after the catch. Why not just copy and paste and allow and, and you know ask Anthony Barr to cover, send Michael Parsons. I will send Michael Parsons consistently. <clears throat> challenge Lyle Collins at right tackle with Demarcus Lawrence. Obviously, a lot of you know uh, common ground there as far as Demarcus knows Lyle. Yep, quite a, quite. Yeah. So, well, I
3: mean, there's a lot of guys on that side of the football that, that know Lyle. Yeah. I mean, they've seen him in practice over and over and over
1: right. again throughout the I think the, the takeaways will come if you play forward. Yeah. You know, because, again, coming off of a, a game where he's had four interceptions, it, it, comparing that to last season when he had three against yeah. week two, yeah. I, I think he's going to be – I don't want to say gun-shy, but I think he's more aware and, and, you know, because there's a mental aspect to it as well. So maybe yeah. he doesn't take as many risks. Well, he was sacked seven times in that game, too. And that matters. I mean, and he's two and Office seven lines, in games where matters. it's four-plus
3: sacks. I'm, here's so. the
0: numbers from The Athletic. he, The Steelers had seven sacks, 26 total pressures across 71 pass-blocking reps. And, and Cincinnati ran 94 plays in that game. Wow. Yeah, I mean, they, they have four new offensive linemen in their starting five. And, and Isaiah mentioned Jonah Williams at left tackle. I think he's the one holdover. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he he had trouble against Highsmith in that game, and and so yeah, if you send Micah Parsons, that might be a matchup you can look at. You know, well, might it's Micah Parsons. It's they're going to have opportunities, <laughs> but yeah, I mean what what Pat said about he's he's going for the forty burger because I think he just has Burrow because I think he has so much faith in it, in himself and in yep. his offense. Like he's not an inaccurate quarterback. No. That's probably yeah, his no. best strength. You know, it's, people knocked his arm strength coming out of college, but I think he's just I think he looks at it like. I've got the best wide receiver core in the NFL, yeah. and we can go do whatever we want out here. And that's, the,
4: that's the scary thing about trying to light him up. And that's one thing that Pittsburgh did really well. as Pittsburgh, they were able to match up mm-hmm. against those guys. Yeah. And they didn't give Burrow the time to sit back there and throw this thing to those guys. And because the combination of no time and the combination of not willing to take the easy passes was just the perfect storm for Pittsburgh um, and their their effectiveness against Burrow and, and the Cincinnati Bengals. But that's, my, that's the scariest thing about Dallas. It's like, okay, do you feel confident that if you do heat them up and somehow, some way, obviously they're going to be expecting that, they're able to block it up, do you have the guys at the defensive back position to stick with these receivers? Because they have three receivers – and they have a Hayden Hurst, Mm -hmm. and you have a J. Ron Curse that's not there. Yeah. So So do you feel secure in that, or do you sit back and say, hey – my my four guys up front, you know, possibly That's five guys I'm are better say. than your four guys up front. We're going to sit back. But then, guess what? If your guys, one of the times that your guys don't beat them, now you're giving Joe Burrow time to throw to these guys. So it's it's, it's a catch-22 that they know that you're going to be in, too. And I want to
3: try and decipher that a little bit when we come back on the other side of the break. Because I, I like the thought process because they've got some weapons on the outside. <sighs> And we've got weapons on the, the, the front seven. It's kind of where it's at from the Cowboys standpoint. So we'll talk about that in those matchups when we come back with more Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company after this.
5: 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com 5G for you for details. The Cowboys way. Where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where Turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing. The star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation.
2: This week! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token.
0: Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a broken traffic light. Stop and go is the name of my game. It's easy. You go, they go. What was it? They go, you go? <laughs> and if you have the wrong car insurance, these repair costs could stop you in your tracks. So get Allstate's new low auto rate and be better protected from mayhem. Like me.
2: Not available in every state. Based on coverage and limits selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.
1: back to Talkin' Cowboys.
3: Back here for another week 2 edition of Talking Cowboys here on this Wednesday from the Star in Frisco. By the way, if you're a true Cowboys fan, head to AT&T Stadium on Saturday, September 17th, experience Rally Day presented by SeatGeek. Get ready to cheer on your Dallas Cowboys with tours of AT&T Stadium, ticket giveaways, games, inflatables, and more. Visit attstadium.com/rallydays for tickets and more information. How about them yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you Jimmy. Uh, quick shout-out to Cowboys Nation. I thought they were phenomenal. They were ruckus against Tampa Bay. Sunday night football looked great. The Rally towels were hitting it. J- definitely looked like it was the atmosphere that people have been waiting for. But uh, you got to bring it again this week. Like we said, turn a page. And Cowboys fans are used to doing that, unfortunately, here over the last uh, couple decades. But we're going to figure it out at some point. Isaiah's just laughing. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no, you can't say that. <laughs> can't say that one. I didn't say it. I didn't. You did. You I did. signed it. You signed it. You can't say that. All right. <laughs> Isaiah, stand back. Rob Phillips, Patrick Walker. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Now, this defense has got some weapons on their side. Micah Parsons. It's mm-hmm. Marcus Lawrence. I thought Leighton Vanderesh played decent the other day. I think he Interior well. offensive line played defense. Isaiah thinks he's soft. Uh, but – They've got Joe Burrow on the other side of the football this week. Mm. They've got Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. They've got Tyler Boyd. I mean, the weapons that Cincinnati have are what got them to the Super Bowl. So, Isaiah, when you look at this matchup, how can Dallas limit the Burrow effect of making his guys
4: better and elevating those guys around him? Tackle.
3: Okay?
4: Tackle. That's, That's it. That's one of the things that Pittsburgh did really well. They, if you do opt to give these guys a little bit of space and try to say, you know, blanket coverage, right? Keep everything in front of you, right? Bend, but don't break. That whole approach, don't allow any big plays over the top. You have to be willing to come up and hit and tackle. Pittsburgh out-physicaled Cincinnati. Yep. It, it's, it just pops off the film when you take a look at it. These guys came up. Even the catches that Cincinnati was able to make, they were getting hit every single time. Minka Fitzpatrick was up there just trying to tear a freaking hole in somebody's back every time he got a chance to hit and then guess what? What does that turn into? Turnovers, right? Now these guys don't want to throw their arms up in the air. You know, they it's, hear footsteps. Yeah, they start hearing footsteps. So you have to be physical. You have to be sure tacklers because I think that's the approach. I think you allow your guys up front to get after it every so often. You bring a fifth guy like a Micah or something of that nature, and then you let your guys just sit back and keep chase, keep Boyd, keep Higgins, keep all these guys in front of you. And then when they decide to try you know to check it down, come up there and just blow them up come up there and blow them up. Vander Esch did a great job of tackling last, last week. He led the team in tackles. But I want to see these guys hit. Mm. You have to you have to get to the point where, yeah, you you secure the tackle, but hit the crap out of these dudes. And if you are going to tackle them, hold them up so somebody else can get a hit. This is a physical game. This is a physical angry man's game, and you do it. It's, it's organized chaos. And I want I love the fact that Dallas's team, they defensively fly around. But if teams don't fear you, that's a whole nother level.
3: And that's kind of where I was alluding to with the over exaggeration of you thinking Leighton Vanderbilt yeah. is soft. You just want him to come up, step up, and be aggressive.
4: Yeah, man. If they're in within the lines of play, hit them. Yeah. Like, freaking, there's one play that stands out in particular that is just a culture setter. Where uh, – who was it last week that had the ball? Who was running the ball? It looked like Leonard Fournette, It was Fournette. Right? Fournette was on the sideline, kind of a little swing pass or something like that. It was running up the sideline. One play after him trying to run over Diggs' face, just try to dip his shoulder and try to d- just destroy Diggs. Here comes Fournette on the sideline. And yeah, he's going to go out of bounds, but he dipped his inside shoulder, and Van Derck just, like, grabbed him. And ended up falling down with them, and then try to help him up. And Fournette was like, "Get you, get out of here, dude! Like, don't touch me." And he had such an opportunity right there just to set the tone, and just hit this dude into the front row of the stands, and be like, "Yeah, as long as you decide to be in bounds, this is what you got to deal with." That's the that's the mentality that I, this whole defense has to take, and you see it in Micah.
1: You yeah, see it in Micah, absolutely,
4: right? And that's that. I want that ferociousness to be Tank just just printed with- through the whole defense, man, and tackle. Secure the tackle. Make sure you do that, right? Don't go out there, close your eyes, hit it with your shoulder and not secure a tackle. I'm not asking you to do that. But I do want you to tee off on these boys because they did not respond well last week.
1: It is all about setting the tone. Um, And and I agree. You have to out-physical these guys. Uh, This is is a finesse offense, right? This is an offense that they're electric because they have finesse, because they get separation, because they can get yak, et cetera, et cetera. But as it typically goes with most finesse offenses, if you rattle them early, they'll start Gator Army, mm. right? They'll hear some footsteps coming. And and this is when I start to look at guys. Now, this is going to be a, a deficit for the Cowboys as far as uh, not having J. Ron Curse on the field. That That's going to be pretty big, right? Um, but then you look at the, the progression of a guy like Israel Mukwamu, right? He not only can he cover, but he really likes hitting. Yeah. Like, he really likes Putting his shoulder through somebody whenever given the opportunity, I've seen it before. You've seen he's learning. What I'm saying is he's eager to do so. Also, look at uh, Marquise Bell, for example. He he's going to come into this game. That's a guy who likes uh, to hit. He he likes to hit. He's going (laughs) also. In addition to that, he's going to have that that fire in his belly. I got to come out here and prove that I deserve to be here. I got to come out here and prove that I deserve to get more Do you more think snaps he here. deserves to be active this week? Because, yes. I mean,
3: he's kind yes. of been the groomed replacement for J. Ron Curse. Yes. Not that J. Ron Curse is going anywhere, but in a situation like this where he's not available,
1: Bell fits that mold. I mean, he's st- just not as polished. You still need a guy for spell work, albeit Curse not going anywhere. So, sure. you know, hence Bell. So you need that guy to be able to spell your guy when he gets tired. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I do believe that Bell should have been active. Um, but – Water under the bridge, eyes forward. Here's an opportunity, a huge opportunity for both him uh, as well as Israel Muquamu to step in and say, hey, not only can we um, supplement Uh, the, the absence of J. Ron Curse, we can come in here and make plays and that could be in, you know, turnovers and, or that can be really just laying the wood to a guy that it might turn out to be a completion, but that completion, you make the tackle first and foremost, get the tackle. You turn, you keep that completion from being, you know, going from six yards to 17 yards. Yeah. But, and, make, and containing that to only six yards, you rattle that guy's cage, and then you you know when, when he gets up, you give him that that cold ice stare that says, "Hey, I dare you to come back over this this middle again." Yeah, I, yeah. y'all go for it. Well, I
0: like that. I like that. But the the point No brings up about Curse is big too because he never comes off the field. He's the green dot guy. Yeah. He's the pre snap point man for this defense, and you're not going to have him for this game for sure. Who does that move and, to now? You know, it was Micah uh, for half the season last year, and they they took that responsibility off of him. A rookie, let him focus on his job. It could go back to him. Could go to could go to Van Der Esch. Um, well I'm not I, sure. I think
1: he'd likely go to LVE. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it could go to Micah by virtue of, A, like Rob said, he he was forced to do it before as a rookie, and now he also has another offseason under his belt in Dan Quinn's system, so he's probably more proficient with running the defense. Um, but LVE's been here longer, you know, more comfortable. I think you put that responsibility on LVE so that Micah can do less thinking and more go feed. Right? What does what Jabril Cox, real quick, what does he have to do to get on the field to maybe help now
0: that you're missing Curse? Maybe another linebacker in the mix. I here. don't think that he's time. physically where
3: they want time. him. Yeah, That's, yeah. I, I made yeah. That Isaiah statement. was talking yeah. about it yeah. just time in the preseason. I made
4: that statement. He does. Yeah. He's not moving well. He's not. I mean, he might be healthy, but he's not 100. percent He's not back to old Jabril. He's, he's, he's not. The, he's not. The, he's not the guy that you drafted. He's not back to that form. Okay. And because of that, he's he's a liability. If he can't go out there and change directions and run full speed, then he can't be the guy that you drafted. And that's unfortunate right now. He's just not ready yet. Mm-hmm. You know, just, hopefully, just and hopefully, time. hopefully he has that time, time to get back right. But in terms of trying to replace, you know, Jaron Curse's um, production, I think if you have to make a move, I love Marquise Bell. I love the his yeah. physicality. I want him to come in there and just freaking destroy some dudes. But who you about to have out there at the tight end position this week? Hayden Hurst, solid tight end. Solid tight end, Israel Mukwamu. I need Israel McCormick, I need Step you. Up. I need you to come he's in here and stay. His freaking coverage. hit. Where's pocket.
3: the E Honda hands yeah, that e Isaiah's Honda. been
4: asking Honda. for? Yes. Yes. Sit on his outside Thousand hip hands. and just stay <laughs> there because he's. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> coming off a game, right? To your point that you made earlier, coming off a bad game for Joe Burrow, most likely, like I mentioned, he's probably going to come in trying to hit those high precision passes. Absolutely. And the last thing you want is freaking Hayden Hurst being the guy that you're worried about because that means that you're not worried about those other three cats. Yeah, no, that's and that's a what great Hurst point. can
0: do. He can take a tight end out. Yeah. You know. That, yeah, that's a big and, and, loss.
3: All right, good point. Good let's point. take let's take our second break real quick, and then when we come back, let's hit the run game. How can we slow down Joe Mixon from that Cowboys' defensive side of the football, and and work forward to improving on maybe where the holes were defensively in that first week of the NFL season? With more talking Cowboys after this. Little
2: sweet, did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non fungible token. on something that deserves a Dr. Pepper.
4: The Medal of Honor is our country's highest military award for valor in combat.
5: 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com/slash/5g for you for details. Back to
2: talking cowboys.
3: Whether you're watching from home or you're cheering in the stands with Essilor lenses, you can see every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local Essilor experts and see what Essilor can do for you. See more, do more Essilor on Talking Cowboys. Reviewing the Bengals offense versus the Cowboys defense coming up this week, and we were just talking about it a moment ago, and and we threw out the names of Micah, who had the green dot prior to to J. Ron Kurs. You had L. V. E., who has of course had that responsibilities before. But when we were talking in the break, Rob, there's a, a, I mean, there's a possibility with a veteran safety back there that you don't normally have, and we've talked about the safety depth at length. What's the possibility of just moving it over to Malik Hooker, who's been out there, doesn't necessarily leave the field a whole lot? It's probably another name we should have mentioned. I,
0: I'm always thinking linebackers, and I curse. I think of curse as a linebacker. I mean, yeah. Maybe I. Because with Vander, I would think Vander Esch, but he doesn't. He's not on the field a ton. That's that's the that's the advantage with having Kirst do it because he's on the field ninety eight percent of the snaps. Good so point. yeah, it's a possibility.
3: Okay, so keep that in mind. That's probably the three names that I, I. don't think of anybody else. You wouldn't give it to a corner. No, you, you no. wouldn't give it to
1: D. Light or I, I edge rusher. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be uh, adverse to it potentially going to Hooker. I mean, it's a guy who's been in the league, you yeah. know, and he's had a ton of pressure on him. Coming into the league as a former first-round pick, I mean, he understands what it feels like to be able to have to beat the guy on defense or one of the guys on defense. Mm-hmm. So adding this responsibility on him potentially, uh, I, I will be fine with it. Speaking of responsibility, who has
3: to step up the most to slow down the run game from Joe Mixon and company? Isaiah, stand back. When you're looking at the film, Mixon ran the ball 27 times. That sounds like a dream for the Cowboys to do on their own offensive side of the football this week if they can run the ball efficiently. But Mixon ended up with 82 yards. He also had seven receptions for 63 yards. So he had a big game last week and and caught the passes, did the dirty work in the middle. They utilized Mixon. Samaj P. Ryan only had one carry. So it's going to be 28 up the middle, up the middle, up the middle.
4: Who has to step up to slow him down? Safeties. Okay. Safeties, I think most people would go straight to the defensive line. Obviously, they have to play well. You can't just get moved out the hole. But to be honest with you, Cincinnati actually does a pretty good job of getting rid of the threats at the first and second level. The difference in terms of Pittsburgh and how they were so persistent in defending against all 27 of those carries was their safeties came up and hit. Mm. And they came up and just goes right back to the point from the last segment. You have to be willing. You got to be capable. You have to be willing. That's one of the reasons why I like Marquise Bell. You know, and potentially for this, I don't know what they have to do roster wise to, you know, maybe get Maquamble and, and Bell on the field at the same time. I don't even know if that's a real that's a reality, a yeah, real yeah. possibility, but he would be a great addition um, this week and for specifically that reason, uh, because you're going to these guys are going to get up to the second level. Their, their offensive linemen are going to get up to the second level. They want to run inside those tackles. Lyle Collins, as of this past game, did not block well. Uh, their left tackle did not block well. But where they were pretty stout was up the middle, right, between their center and, the, and their two guards. And they were able to get some movement there and mix had had holes. But those holes were closed by Mink and Fitzpatrick and other guys that were stepping in there. So with this three safety set, do we stay with three safeties with J Ron out? Do we go more to a tradi- yeah. traditional traditional? Mm, Do you yeah. go to three linebackers mm-hmm. right? So there's a whole lot of question marks in regards to that. But either way, you have to come up from the from depth and fill those gaps because he's going to get through that first wave.
0: You I saw w- uh, oh, go for. Well, it. I would just mention the D-line too cuz I say he's right. That's a given. You look at some of the the gaps that they had in the second half last week and it was outside containment Uh, you know running at the right edge with Dorrance Armstrong in the game I mean there were there were holes there for Leonard Fournette and so they've got to close those up Dan Quinn mentioned not specifically but talked about some of those outside runs and and you watch Mixon play his vision is so good he's so so, good he's he's just he's so patient and he also has the athletic ability to make a like a strafe button in madden like on a dime (laughs) and and cut it to the outside and and turn a no gain play into a 10-yard gain that's well, that's how. Good you don't want do to
4: One of the things for before you before yeah. you go. One of the things from last week. The reason why Fournette was able to be so successful on the ground is because it kind of worked against some of the advantages that uh, Tristan Hill, uh, also Digizua, some of those guys, some of their skill sets mm-hmm. in terms of getting vertical. This isn't a game that you really. I'm not gonna say don't play those guys. Obviously, you do. You rotate them through. But this is more of a two gap team. You want to two-gap it. And there wasn't enough two-gapping last week in last week's game. And what I mean by that is buttoning up with office alignment and, and seeing which direction you need to go. Not so much of a bull rush, but more of a, hey, you know, have a have a stalemate at the line of scrimmage, mm-hmm. which direction am I going? Am I tossing you this? Am I tossing you one direction? Am I tossing you to the other direction? So I'm always choosing right. What we saw last week was a lot of guys doing swim moves and trying to pick a side. And when you pick that side, now all of a sudden you're helping that offensive lineman depending on what direction the run's going. And there were gaping holes because of that. Right. So if I choose wrong, if I choose right, okay, awesome. But it's like rolling the dice, right? When I choose wrong, it only takes one 15, 20 yard run to really have a, a, a bad effect on the defense. So need to see more two gaps so the big fellas Gallimore mm-hmm. and 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 those those guys those guys need to do oh a good Hannah. job. Boy, big Bow. Those guys have to two gap this game because if you pick a side, Mixon will make you pay for it. Because he's
0: so good at knowing sorry, knowing no, no exactly where the leverage is yep. yeah. and hitting it right there.
1: Yeah, you're, you're both correct, and, and but I'll I'll meet you in the middle here because obviously defensive line they have to win their one on ones yeah. right, and it, it hopefully it won't take a lot of stunts or anything like that. Just beat your guy one on one and. Best case, or worst case, I should say. It's a stalemate, like Isaiah said, and now Mixon has to decide that he probably has to burn an edge or try to burn an edge. You have to get safety support. You're going to have to have somebody like a Bell or makwamu dropping down and probably assisting on those types of plays. But for me, it's Anthony Barr. It's Anthony Barr for me. This is a game where Anthony Barr is going to have to play sideline to sideline because you mentioned Mixon had 62, 63 yards receiving. Yep. Okay, So not only is he a threat on the ground, he's a threat as a receiver out of the backfield. Barr can cover, right? That's been one of the main things that he's gotten four Pro Bowls on. He can put his hand in the dirt and go after the passer, but that's not the primary reason he was brought in. He was brought in to help Michael be able to do that. This is a game where if you're Anthony Barr and you're you're at that Mike position and you see Joe Mixon back there, yeah, you hope your dogs up front control the lanes like they're supposed to control the lanes. You have confidence that you have support on the back end with the Mukwamu and things like that. Your corners are going to be busy. They're gonna be busy in coverage. You don't you do you would ideally not like to ask any of your corners to provide run support if possible because man, they they're gonna have their hands full in coverage. So for me, you're looking squarely in the, the heart of that defense for the Cowboys and you're saying, Anthony Barr, we need you to spy as, as often as possible, Joe Mixon. If you see that ball get in Mixon's hands, you break down and you figure out what direction to, to force him to, and then you beat him to that spot, be it left or right.
3: To add to that point. I mean, they ran the ball 27 times. He had 82 yards. That's three yards per carry. So it wasn't like he was getting chunk yardage on the ground. Where he was more dangerous was by far as a receiver. receiver. He was the second leading receiver on the team behind Jamar Chase, who, by the way, had 10 receptions, 130 yards, and a touchdown. So Jamar Chase, pretty pretty darn good in his own right. But this was also against the defense last year. Pittsburgh's nasty in the pass rush, but they gave up the most rushing yards against last year on average Mm -hmm. in the NFL. So, they were not very good against the run last year. Oh, but they were able yeah. to hold Joe Mixon to three this yards is per carry. It's a totally
4: different Pittsburgh defense. It, it is. Say, yeah, I know yeah, it's yeah.
3: different. Yeah. I know it's different. But Dallas is
4: different, too. This is a different Dallas defense this the year cor- than it was last year as backs, well. The cornerbacks are going to have to come up and hit. Okay, because you're not going to play man. So yes, yeah, they'll be they'll be occupied. You don't want if you play man against Cincinnati and think that you're going to play man against them for 70 percent of the game. <laughs> good freaking luck. And like, and like, good
0: luck. I mean, T. Higgins had a concussion. Maybe he's questionable for this game, but they still got so they many got freaking Mike weapons. Thomas. I mean, yeah. they got they got yeah. guys doing so, their hands for
4: them. So yeah. Yeah. this is going to be a zone game. Majority, you're going to play some man, but majority, of your game plan is going to be different variations of zones. Your corners are going to have to come up and hit. It's, they're, they're going so yeah, to so Deron Bland. Hope hey. Go out there and have a heck of a week at practice. Put some pressure on to some of these starters because if they are unwilling to come up and hit, Mixon will make you pay. And that goes in the running game and that goes on the option routes on the app for those guys as well. If he comes up, runs an option route, cuts out to the outside, you need a cornerback sitting there to come up and hit him. If he decides to run a swing route or throw a swing route out to him, guess what? You got to better come up and yeah, hit you're, him. You're going to <laughs> need
1: your secondary to support. I just think that... It- you know, bar versus mixing. It keeps popping up in my head. It's bar versus mixing with support. Assuming that you have some D line struggles, which hopefully you will not.
0: And they use Pirine in that role too on third down too. Oh, okay. He's a guy yeah. that come yeah. out of the backfield and makes something happen. Did do you think Barr
1: played well last week? I don't think he played poorly. I don't think it he just was a non-factor. Well, he, his name wasn't mentioned, which can be taken one of two ways, right? If your name's not mentioned, that means you didn't give up any big plays, and so that's a good thing. Yeah. But if your name wasn't mentioned, it means you didn't make any big plays. Yeah. So I, I think he he was serviceable in his debut for the Cowboys, um, but also keep in mind, this is a guy who signed later in training camp. He was on PUP to, to acclimate to the scheme, et cetera, et cetera. Give him a couple games. This might be the game between week two, week three. And in, in my mind, I always assumed it would be week two or week three that Anthony Barr would find his legs in Dallas. And, and you know, I'm not not necessarily maybe go to Pro Bowl for him, hopefully so, but find his anthem barred legs. I didn't assume it would happen in week one. But to his credit, he didn't go out there and look out of sorts in week one. He was there. He was serviceable. Yeah. I expect him to take a step forward as early as this week.
3: Hey, if you would have gone off of week one, Micah Parsons in 2021, and- you wouldn't have won the rookie of the year on the defensive side of the football he found his Micah Parsons legs in week two. Maybe maybe Anthony Barr can find his Anthony Barr legs in week two. We'll see what happens. Stronghand. That does it for us here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. We'll be back tomorrow previewing the Cowboys offense. What do they do without Dak Prescott, and how do they fix some of the problems on that side of the football against the Cincinnati defense? There are a couple opportunities there, so you might want to tune in. For Chris Bean, for Rob Phillips, Isaiah Stanback, Patrick C. Walker, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long. Thanks for joining us. On Talking Cowboys.
1: This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas
2: Cowboys Football Club. How about the Cowboys? Yeah!